Hello, hello, my fellow Westorians. It is Saturday. It is the final predictions episode for Game of Thrones. Of course, we'll have predictions for spinoffs, books, other stuff, but it's the actual final Game of Thrones predictions episode, and that's pretty... Well, that's pretty much something. It's a big deal, right? Yeah. It's not It's not like the end. It's just a new beginning. But it is uh, a very important milestone. And we're all so glad you guys are here with us and uh, to enjoy this predictions episode, as well as the final week of uh, discussion and uh, review, whatever is coming. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because they haven't given us a whole lot to think about as far as actual teasers actual images the trailer was very unrevealing the they're pretty tight-lipped about what's coming and there's a lot of possibilities so we'll just be discussing uh, different sort of forks in the road that things where things could go it's a big understatement they haven't given us a whole lot <laughs> giving yeah. us nothing <laughs> giving us nothing <laughs> of course i refer to the trailer and pre-episode uh, uh, leaks not leaks we don't discuss leaks i mean uh, stills and things like that but we are going to have to do a little bit of guessing, but that's what we're good at, and y'all are too. So between all of us and Ashea, we'll be um, coming up with lots of fun stuff. Good at. Good at, yeah, <laughs> quote unquote, good at. Super chat from Tommy Pappas, a.k.a. Hema Helminth, the sellsword sentinel. For those craving content right after the episode, myself, as well as a few History of Westeros mods, will be live streaming on... My YouTube channel at 9.30 Central, giving thoughts and reactions. That's Tommy's YouTube channel. Uh, we don't have a link for it, but we'll grab that and put it up for y'all. And I'll share it around on Twitter after the episode as well. The How Mods also did a great uh, panel at Ice and Fire Con, so you know they know how to bring it. And um, that should be a really good spot. Uh, so 9.30 CST tomorrow, right after the episode. Speaking of uh, 10.30 Eastern. Speaking of panels at Ice and FireCon, we've got a schedule now for panels at Con of Thrones, right? We do. That's right. Check out the schedule for Con of Thrones. Um, its schedule's just been posted yesterday. There will be a few changes. It's a big schedule with lots of moving parts. A couple things will change, certainly. But you get the uh, bulk of it and now to look at, and most of it will stay the same, so you get a great idea. Uh, Shay and Sean and I are all on a lot of panels, so are a lot of other YouTubers and... Uh, podcasters and great people from around the community. And of course, there's some some of the very famous actors are going to be there as well. You can get uh, $5 off your ticket price by using the code history. And we hope to see you there. It's Nashville in July, and it should be a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's a great time. Kind of Thrones is super fun. Also, shout out to our friends over at Shire Post Mint, the coins they make for Game of Thrones and... Conan and Wheel of Time and a lot of other, of course, Shire Post. Of course, they make Lord of the Rings coins. They're really, really well made, and we highly recommend them. We've got a sack of our own coins here that, that uh, yeah, I was going to say this sack that I like to play with, but maybe I shouldn't say that. Oops, I guess I did already. Anyway, get 15% off your own sack by going to Shire Post Mint and using the code HISTORY, just like the code for Con of Thrones. Hey, same code. How about that? Keep it simple for you. Now, let's get to it. Uh, before we actually get into the material, we got we got to do a couple of announcements because as we're wrapping, winding down the season, need to keep you all abreast of what our schedule is going to be like after the uh, season. 
We're going to be doing two live streams a month going forward, in part thanks to reaching a Patreon milestone, and also because we like to do live streams, <laughs> and because they're a lot of fun. We have a lot of different things to, to cover. It looks like I put a poll up on Patreon, and it looks like y'all picked Tuesday and Saturday. I thought at first maybe we'd keep it on Mondays, but y'all prefer Tuesday and Saturday. So Tuesdays and Saturdays, once a month each. There'll be one Tuesday and one Saturday every month where we live stream. We'll be talking Game of Thrones. We'll be talking Song of Ice and Fire. We'll be talking uh, just what's going on in the world of the fandom. We'll be talking about the prequel show. We'll be talking about The Winds of Winter, of course, whenever that comes out, and all sorts of other good stuff. Can we talk about The Watchmen? <laughs> maybe a little maybe a little uh and um we'll have to see how it goes and uh after that we'll be doing a lot of or rather in along those lines we'll be doing a lot of analysis of what the show taught us and how it would be different in the books like uh in other words plots and character things that the that the show revealed but that we have as usual great reason to suspect it'll be different or significantly different in the books and as well, that's going to be really important with a lot of characters. A lot of characters are very different from show to book. And as we go back to the books, more focused, we want to make sure we keep those differences straight. You know, you don't want to mix your canons up. And it's hard to do because there's so many different things that are the same. And there's so many things that are very different. So there's a lot of value in, in delving into those things, understanding what makes them both tick and helping keep them separate. Also, game streams will return. I'll be back to Crusader Kings 2 and possibly some of the other games I've teased playing, potentially. Haven't actually done that, but we'll definitely at least be doing Crusader Kings 2 and maybe some other games. And at the beginning of the season here, I set a goal. Well, not the beginning. Early in the season, once Jenny's song was released, I set a new patron goal for y'all to try to reach. I didn't think it would be coming anytime soon. I set it really high to give, give myself more time. And you guys have been so awesome that we're actually really close to it. We're under $100 from it now. And, uh, well, I'm going to record Jenny's song on guitar and and singing as soon as uh, we reach that goal or a little while after. I still got to, you know, compose it and, and write it and do all that. But <laughs> that's coming that. up soon. I better get on that. It's coming faster than I thought. And also give this whoever actually whichever pledge actually crosses the goal. In other words, whichever actual pledge pushes us over the milestone. I'm going to give the title Jenny's Westorian to you, and you're, if you get a shout-out, or I'll give you a shout-out, well, that, that'll be included in it. So a little extra incentive there. So the, the trailer, we'll go straight into the trailer now. Or you have a, a comment. What, what, what kind of goal to do a metal-fied version of Jenny's song where I play the drums? <laughs> well, we'll set that uh, Well, maybe we could just do that also. Maybe we could do okay. multiple versions. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can come up with in the, uh, the music dungeon. <laughs> The, the black metal cells. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about just the basics of the trailer. Like I said, it doesn't reveal a whole lot. And then the kind of things you see in it are fairly straightforward. John and Davos walking through the ashes. Ashea has got a shot of that. And it's a pretty quick shot. And it's a little different than what we're used to seeing, which is Tyrion walking through the devastation. <laughs> but we get that also. <laughs> Tyrion walking through devastate, devastated battlefields has become sort of a... Uh, recurring theme, recurring or? theme, I guess, and um, motif. Yeah, motif. It also, it's the same. It was the same thing with him walking around um, Marine before it was destroyed. Just this Tyrion walking around, looking at things, looking, shaking his head. It's just uh, Tyrion's reaction hour. Um, <laughs> and we get the Dothraki celebrating, which is, uh, you know, they're very raucous in their celebration. It's meant to look a little intimidating, I think, because they're. Um, well, they're dangerous. <laughs> they're they're dangerous dudes, those Dothraki, and uh, 
they're supposed to be a little scary to the civil to the populace of King's Landing who's never seen anything like them before who have just and and what they have seen is those Dothraki running through the streets killing people uh, so it's not exactly the most uh encouraging sight for the people of King's Landing it's not as visually obvious but i i think the Unsullied are, are celebrating too you know okay. they have a different demeanor yeah but i think they're happy about this victory i would think so they're you know, it's what their queen has told them their goal has been this whole time. Yeah. You would think that this would be, it's a pretty big deal, um, which is interesting because we talked about how it wasn't maybe the big deal for Danny as she thought it would be. And that's part of her consternation. Uh, and as she's coming down, we get this really beautiful, dark shot that reminds people of a lot of different things we've seen in other movies. And in reality, it, re- it reminds people of it's got some Nazi imagery to it, which is it, which is because it reminds people of the more recent uh, f- shots of the First Order in uh, the new Star Wars trilogy, m- most recent Star Wars trilogy. I, g- I wouldn't call it new, I guess. And uh, when you see the the stormtroopers all lined up and their giant flag and everything, and it's it, instead of the flags, you have smoking ruins. <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's an, and of course, Danny's not a Nazi, but you know, it's it's the the theme is is there, you know, of of conquest and destruction and authority and uh that's uh that's supposed to make people a little uneasy if not a lot uneasy and that's that's the idea it's supposed to be like whoa this is dark and uh we still don't see danny's face which is uh that's i'm really waiting to see and and we're gonna we're gonna that's the great fork in the road here like what she direction got, does danny she turn? got a zit on her nose you know, like. <laughs> I think they could just remove that, right? Can't they just <laughs> remove that in post-production like they removed the coffee cup? <laughs> Speaking of, for people who haven't noticed, I am wearing a Daenerys uh, Mother of Coffee Starbucks shirt here. You couldn't possibly get the reference, though, could you? <laughs> <laughs> why could? Why would Daenerys and Starbucks have... I don't get it. <laughs> I want to take a moment to show off my shirt, too, by the way. Oh. It's... Sunday Night Fever, Jon Snow, Staying Alive. I have to say I extra appreciate your shirt today because this was another episode in which, I mean, episode five was another episode in which people just kept staying alive when they really (laughs) should be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. And so she's descending descending the steps with this amidst this smoke and destruction in the background and, um, you know, sort of the uh, conquering hero or conquering warrior conquering dragon queen whatever you want to call her and Arya is still dirty uh she hasn't showered yet which geez come on <laughs> <laughs> and uh she's looking past these unsullied which is a clear sign that she didn't just leave the city uh never to return she's clear quite clearly still there it seems to me like these clips are just we're gonna pick up right where we left off you know yeah. this isn't like three weeks later even three days later it might be three hours later maybe but uh I, I don't expect the whole episode will continue at that time frame, but I think we're going to start off right where we left off. Yeah, I think I agree. There, you know, we've we've got these aftermath shots, and it makes sense to do that. And it's not like there's, like, unlike other episodes, there's very little else they can do. It's not like what are they going to do? Show the Iron Islands? Yeah, that's that's solved. Yara won the Iron Islands, and Euron's dead. That's done. Right? Yeah. The North is going to have a reaction. Uh, they they maybe get called to come down to King's Landing to submit to the new queen on the Iron Throne. That's a very standard thing that happens. You call all the subjects. And have them give, you know, uh, their pledges of fealty and all that. Like Joffrey said, I would like my, 
I want my uh, loyal counselors to give their oaths of fealty within the week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that has, that's very standard. Like, Stannis would have done that, you know. Um, Robert Shirley did that when he first took the throne. It's, it's very standard stuff, except in this case, it's kind of scary because a lot of people are like, is she going to just let me kneel? Mm-hmm. She just killed all these people. I don't, I'm, I'm a little nervous here. Uh, some people will surely come and do the, their duty and, and just hope they leave with their heads. But a couple people got to be feeling a little worried. Tyrion being one of them. He set Jamie free and Danny gave him that warning. So maybe we could start uh, with some of these basics uh, of where, how Danny will react and the fact that we have such a condensed plot now, we don't have, like I said, we don't have anything to do with Euron. No more Kyburn, obviously. No Cersei and Jamie. There's just the North and King's Landing and maybe whatever else they want to throw in as far as the rest of the realm getting involved one way or another, which we don't know that'll happen. It would make sense for it to, but they may just keep it tight with the characters we have now. That's the thing I've been thinking about a lot as I, I take my notes. You know, my note-taking system, I usually lay out the different characters involved on the paper, and I kind of clump it sort of geographically. Like, I put northern characters up north and hey, Sean, those characters in the east. Yep. For Monday, you should take a, we should take a picture of your notes. Okay, And I yeah. can put it in the stream and people could see it. All right, yeah. Pepe Silvia all over. It's, yeah, that is what it looks like. It's pretty sloppy. My handwriting's not good. It's a bunch of scribbles and lines and... But uh, but the point is that I remember a couple seasons ago, I would have, I'm not exaggerating, 60 or 80 names on a page. You know, you have like each of these different spots or plot lines would have four or eight characters involved. Like over in Essos, you'd have Danny and Barristan and Grey Worm and Sunday. You know, if I were right, and then in the north, you'd have like uh, John and... Mance and Tormund and Sam and Gren and all the and it's King's Landing would have fifteen or eighteen characters. Well, now there's only fifteen or eighteen total characters. If you try mm. to think named living characters, I don't know if it's, you'll get past twenty, and you'll be reaching for like Royce, I guess. You yeah, know, like, like is he even? Yeah, he's, he we know he's alive, but like he hasn't even had a line. There's very few people. So especially yeah. when you're like speculating on like who's going to kill Danny. Well, there's only a few possible people that could do it, and uh, there's only a few named characters, and some of them it seems like just aren't even going to be present, you know? Yeah. Like, like probably not, not going to be on Tormund, screen again, Yeah, right? make it in like a montage shot epilogue thing. That's yeah. A, you know, like to see him smiling, petting ghost or something like yeah. that. <laughs> but these characters aren't even present in King's Landing. Right. Present in King's there's Landing, it's no like way. seven people, you know? Yeah, there's no way he'll have like a role in this, I don't yeah. think. Uh, it, it, yeah, you're right. Um, that is, so you're right. They're, they really have to focus on what they have here. So on one hand, it's like, how can they wrap all this up? On the other hand, well, at least it's all kind of just focused in this one area for the most part. And that at least helps them, right? wrap it up without rushing although surely it will be rushed because the rest has been rushed and it's just what we should expect it's been rushed to this point and we have to we have to accept that because that's what we have maybe they'll introduce the new prince of dorn and then show his jealous cousin kill him they'll get <laughs> through all that in this episode <laughs> all the characters who are not going to get strong bellwas we're going to get slady stoneheart <laughs> we're going to get victorian all of them are going to show up at the end and petition danny's like look the blast king wouldn't let us do anything <laughs> They didn't even they didn't even acknowledge, acknowledge our existence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please let us exist? <laughs> so it's a big question, like we said, whether Danny will harden her heart, you know, the old if I look back I'm lost, or whether she'll show some remorse. And in general, how she'll react because Can I say something real quick? Absolutely. Right here. Someone of Reality International pointed out that in that that shot from the trailer we shared 
Um, her, her Daenerys's braids are extra elaborate in that picture. Super conqueror. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because she <laughs> has defeated a lot of people. Um, yeah. Whether that speaks to how much she's down with what she did or not, I don't know. She's going to have to have that huge bell put in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> just walk Drag around, it behind her like her. a wedding dress. Yeah, she'll have just several Dothraki just carrying it behind her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, geez, I, 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 love, I love our queen. She did really, she's really great, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. Come on. Do we really have to carry this bell around with us all the time? Now, no, just, didn't, didn't we see, when she blew up the sept, didn't a bell get flung that across one the bell city? Did, I wonder, another yeah. example of that bell being symbolic of tragedy, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, but the 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 braids might also just be as simple as she's pulled herself together now. You know, mm, yeah. It's I guess she it had. Both. It could be both. I guess she even had on her dragon last episode. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you know, it's it's a big deal too how she's gonna react because uh, we should think back a little bit to some of the confusion of last week and try to maybe straighten a, a couple things out before we proceed. There seems to be, I think, a lot, some of the conversation, and some of this is definitely on the show. It's not a lot of it for not. Uh, making this clearer, more and more people have pushed forward the idea that it was planned. That this was not it, the, the snap wasn't Danny deciding to do this. It was that she was deciding to still do it. She had already planned on doing it. She didn't like the bells thing that Tyrion brought up because she had already had her plan with Grey Worm to commit some kind of massacre to instill fear. So if so, she was hoping the bells never rang, and when they did, she was like. <clears throat> I still, I, she wanted more of the blame to be on Cersei because if she can keep wrecking the city, if Cersei hasn't surrendered, that can be politically put more on Cersei. But if this is, if it's an explicit surrender and she keeps going, then it looks worse for her. But she already planned on doing it. And that was, that's the thing that I think is a pretty valid idea. And maybe that'll be more clear, clarified here. But so, we're farther and farther away from there's any sort of mental illness here. Just that, but with still keeping the possibility that characters within the story will worry that she's mentally ill, and that's still very much alive. But I personally don't think there's any. Uh, I think it was planned. I think that she could have had something along that lines planned. Yeah. Right. But like, it's almost impossible for her to have planned to. Even if they ring the bells, I'm burning everyone. There's no way that. Well, was she her didn't plan. know the bells right. were going to ring. That was right. that so was a last was minute part, right. tweak to her plan that she didn't like. That's going to throw. And a it does make sense the hesitance she had when Tyrion was pushing her to promise, and she like reluctantly gave a nod to Grey Worm. You know, and Grey Worm it's, clearly had like. Remember, she said, "You'll know." Yeah, when I took that to be the moment she busted through I did from too. behind a golden company, too, but maybe but it means when I start burning, you'll know. It because that's so both. obvious, right? Like, well, of course she means it, to rush the gates when the gates explode. Like, yeah. that's like that's. So and it could have also been similar to when Sansa kind of knew that she was not going to keep Jon's promise when he said yeah. swear it, and, and how tough she seemed to struggle when she told Tyrion that she's, she might have planned this, and she wants to keep her word. She's still struggling. It's yeah. still tough for her. But I still believe, even if it was quote-unquote planned, like, I still want to think a minute about what it was that planned. Did she plan mm. to do that much destruction to kill that many innocent people? Yeah. Maybe she planned on burning some portion of the city, knowing it would kill some innocents. Well, it had but to I be, still suspect yeah. some amount of bloodlust kicked in when she got going. Oh, know? I agree. And it, 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 part, part of it is that she really had to work herself up to do that because she is, you know, this isn't something that she would normally do. It's not in her normal code of ethics, so to speak, 
at least at least it's difficult for her. So that would explain yeah. why she has to like be kind of worked up to do it. And that also contributes to the thought that I have that even if she wasn't insane, this is enough to drive someone insane. Accepting having done this, it might be. Not, it might be. I don't I, know about that. I, I agree that it's possible, but I think it's going to be more like. You know, this is kind of what she pushed for and, uh, you know, like Cersei, she's going to be cold and maybe distant and emotionless, but not, uh, you know, not I, like she like not actually insane or anything. I don't think yeah. they're going to do that. Another thought that I've had, and, and we even talked a minute about how it can be confusing to talk about the generic idea of insanity versus the details of different mental Ill- illnesses, right? Yeah. And it, it's hard to... St- we have a decent amount of research on something like depression or PTSD or something, but we don't have a lot of research on the actions of tyrants, right? We don't have yeah, something to true. study and define the mental illnesses that come from being in charge of huge amounts of people and being responsible for their lives and deaths. Yeah, and or what allows so, you to like do this stuff in the first place. And right. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Very good point. There could certainly be mental illnesses that we don't understand that there's not a sample size for us to ever understand. Yeah. So. so I'm guessing she's not going to feel a lot of remorse or at least not show it openly because that would be a path to removing this conflict they're setting up. Like if she starts to feel bad about what she did and is like, oh, I won't do that again. Well, then where's the conflict? You know, and I, so I, they, uh, that's uh, partly what they're building up to is making this final conflict really tragic without being too obvious about where it's exactly going. One thing I think is interesting about Cersei and Daenerys, to compare them at least as, as queens and how they can wield power, is, well, obviously Daenerys still has the Unsullied and the Dothraki, and that's very powerful. But it's not really, uh, you know, so much greater than any other army anyone's had. But the dragon, that's a huge difference. and But the difference with the dragon... Compared to Cersei, Cersei doesn't have a dragon, of course, but she had the mountain. And the mountain is a lot more intimidating indoors. Like, you can't bring Drogon in the throne room. So when she, Cersei's standing there at the throne, she has the mountain next to her. And not only is that intimidating in a different way, which is a small point, the bigger point is that he's her protector at all times. Whereas Danny walking around indoors does not have this shadow monster at, beside her at all times. She has her Unsullied, who were no joke. But that's different than... Because there's no faking the mountain, right? I'm thinking, you know, obviously, I'm starting to think about Arya and other sneaky, maybe someone else sneaky. Arya is, of course, the, the by far the likely candidate. Arya can't, like, pretend to be the mountain, you know? But she could maybe be an Unsullied. She could maybe pretend to be an Unsullied guard. Yeah. That might work. You know, there's a thinking about all the different ways Arya could be close to, get close to Daenerys, if she's presumably the one to do this, which she may not be. This doesn't have to be an assassination. Just if that's what happens... Well, that's something that Cersei had that Danny does not. Um, and I do wonder if she's going to like name a Queen's Guard, if they'll bother with that. It's probably the kind of thing they won't bother to deal with. It's too quick. But, but what we do think she'll have to do is summon people to kneel to her. And that is where we maybe get Sansa has to come down. And that is where things might get really interesting because of all the people that are out there that Daenerys sees as a threat, Sansa's definitely one of them. Yeah, um, she she doesn't necessarily see John as a threat more as like more like someone that was that rejected her. Maybe she's not happy with him, but he didn't he wasn't he didn't do anything treasonous. He hasn't pushed his claim. He you know, she didn't order him to not tell the secret. That wasn't a direct order. She that wasn't feels a betrayed. She, she feels does. personally betrayed, but she didn't see it as treason. Whereas right. Sansa, jo- she's worried that Sansa will try to remove her from the John throne. made Sansa and Arya swear. Danny yeah. didn't make John swear. Right. Now, by the way, 
probably because she knew he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But still, she probably should have tried to make him. And she maybe, and maybe she didn't want to. I mean, as a, as a, she was approaching I mean, him as a lover and not yeah, as a king. She just wanted him queen. to do it because yeah. he wanted to do it. She doesn't want to order him around. Him. Yeah, she still loved him yeah. at that point. And she didn't want to just, you know, she doesn't want to order him to do something that he'll agree to do. That's not, that's not very loving. You know, she still made that, to her credit, she definitely still put their relationship very high on, you know, until it was not possible. Um, she still wanted that, you know, she still thought that was going to be a good thing. Uh, and she didn't, and she wasn't paranoid about John, John pushing the claim. She was worried about other people pushing John's claim. And that seems to be, she seems to, that's, she, she seems to have the right read there. Cause John has been adamantly, yep, you're the queen, but that's going to be a problem for him now though, isn't it? He's like, you'll always be my queen. Wait, even after you shoot. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think they're trying to create a parallel with him and Jamie, torn vows, split loyalty. Yeah. And this conflict, and that's a really good conflict. It's a difficult, painful conflict, but that but it is conflict, and it's very interesting. It has been the reason, a primary reason he's been committed to her. Remember back on Dragonstone? Yeah. She turns to him for advice. You know, she she's mad because they, they had just lost the fleet and Castle Rock, and, 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 and it seems like she just wants to burn everything, and Tyrion, everyone's like, no, don't. She turns to John, who's just showed up. Yeah. What do you think? And he's like... Look, one reason you've got people following you is because it seems like you're doing things differently. But if you just go burn down King's Landing, people won't think you're doing things differently. And she's like, you're right, I won't. And he's kind of won over by this. <laughs> is he still won over by this? Yeah, or? that's a good question. Okay, let's let's start with some um, or head into some questions here. A lot of good ones built up. And then we'll move on to more particular uh, predictions and theories <laughs> from Philip Wolf. This was a question asked earlier uh, in the week, but... It's, it has some prediction to it, so we brought it back. The quote here, I've always hated the bells. They ring for horror, a dead king, a city under siege. And this is Varus. Uh, Varus says, a wedding? Tyrion says, exactly. And this is, uh, given the times we... Well, actually, you got it exactly, a little bit differently. Varys says the, the first bit. Oh, my bad. Tyrion, Tyrion says, says a wedding. wedding. Varys says exactly. Yeah. Ah, okay. In any case, um, this uh, comes up is brought up in a couple different places and he's wondering if maybe this could foreshadow a wedding in the next episode. You know, it's hard to imagine who would get married. I, I thought about this a bit and there's not a lot of obvious answers other than, you know, Danny being like, no, you're marrying me, John. That's Sa it. Sam yeah. and Gilly are finally going to settle down. <laughs> Make it official. Not have a bastard. <laughs> Actually, it's an interesting idea. I didn't even think about the idea that That's Sam true. might not want his child with Gilly to be a bastard. That's true. Is that huh. a little, little John Snow the second? Yeah. Be yeah, John yeah. Snow the second. A little new John. Or would he be Flowers? No, he's in the north. They're in yeah, the north. It depends the north. on if they get back down. I don't know. Anyway. It, it could be Sansa second of her name. Yeah, you yeah. Have a That's true. Yeah, he said, I hope it's a girl. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> John's like, yeah, I hope it's a girl. Don't name it after me. My name's cursed. <laughs> it I also don't think it's crazy for for Danny to try to force Arya and Gendry to be married mm. or something like that. You know, like we saw Tywin forcing marriages. It's common in the world. You could see reasons to need to like kind of tie bonds together politically here. I even kind of wonder how much we're going to see Danny, especially given the idea that maybe she did think about this ahead of time. What else has she thought about ahead of time? Mm. She thought ahead of time about how it was John that was betraying her, even if Tyrion comes to say, hey, Varys told everyone. Well, yeah. it was John that, mm. like, I wonder how much Danny has plotted things out. There have been many times where I think she's revealed her forethought. She's kind of savvy about how things are going, you know? Yeah. 
from Thomas Pappas. Curious as we ended the last episode, what each of your last meals would be. Now, this, of course, I like this question because it's we're talking about people being executed. So, you know, it gives you this. <laughs> that's, that's what you're thinking about someone's last meal is, is appropriate for <laughs> executions. He says, don't be shy. My last meal would include heroes, McDonald's chicken nuggets, chicken fried rice and pasta. He wants all three of us to answer this question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the question now, but we'll answer it at the end. So now you guys have time to think about it. Shay, you can think about it. I'll think about it. And Sean, you can think about it. Shay, if you don't mind, can you move that question to the end so we don't forget it? Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, and all of y'all out there, think about this question for, as well. What would you, if you're going to be executed, what would your last meal be? It would probably include dragon peppers if I was going to be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> From Scott Westbury, what role will the Dothraki play in Westeros if Daenerys sits the Iron Throne? Will they be given lands to resume their nomadic lifestyle? Will they be content to spend sedentary time with her wherever she will rule from? Well, this is something that um, – oh, and a follow-up question. What happens to them if someone kills Daenerys? How would they be dealt with? Well, that is a that is a question, isn't it? Would they just be like slaughtered or fight or who knows? It's really tricky because that is, but that's part of the calculus. And it's something that George will certainly address. George isn't going to just let, just forget about hand away of the Dothraki's presence in Westeros. He would have been dealing with them. The yeah, same questions we've been having all along. Like, are they cold? Like, what's their, what do they think about this place? Like, what's their deal? Like, we want to hear some thoughts from them. I think this is a book question, honestly. It is. It like, is a book I, question, I, yeah. I love this question, but the fact is that if you think about it for two seconds, they're not going to answer this question. We no, don't have a named won't. character from the. We have an old season. I guess we kind of had one. We had they Quono, never spoke. They hardly yeah. even said his name. It was just written in the on the you know off screen material. And maybe that is like a clue to where things are going. Like that probably won't happen. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like the question, the second part of the question, like, well, if if Daenerys is killed, like then that what do they do then like they're probably just that's got to be part of it maybe maybe if someone takes it upon themselves to kill Daenerys without thinking about that consequence well oh, gosh I don't know <laughs> uh, follow up question or a related question from Dane of the Dreamy will we see Danny killed next episode and has Arya left behind her vengeance in her list after her scene with Sandor well this first question will Danny will we see Danny killed next episode I'm leaning yes what about you? I'm leaning no. I'm leaning okay. no for a number of reasons. One is kind of just like we talked about. It's hard for me to think how things will play out with mm. entities like the Dothraki if she dies. I don't yeah. see how they handle that. And additionally, I still I, I have this vision of the end being. I can't remember how often I've brought this up. I think in conversation over the past couple of weeks, I brought this up a lot. But I can't remember how many times I was being recorded saying it. But I think we're gonna see her on the throne, depressed, alone. You know, like I, and many other characters. I, again, have many times thought about how we started off with the Stark kids, with these naive ideas about what they want. Sansa wants to marry the prince. It's just not what she thought it was going to be. <laughs> John wants to go to the walls. Not what yeah, he thought it was going to yeah. be. Danny wanted to the Iron Throne. It's just not what she thought it was going to be. She's going to get it, and it's not going to be what she thought it was. Yeah. And for Arya, the second part of the question about Arya. I mean, well, uh, just to just a counter argument with you, Sean, mm -hmm. like you could say Danny wanted the Iron Throne. It's not what she thought it would be. You know, say Danny wanted to conquer, you know, Westeros. It's not what she wanted it to be, and that doesn't require her sitting on the throne and ruling King's Landing. True, but it also doesn't require her to be killed. Yeah. Well, we'll see. She tomorrow. could not be on Iron Throne and still not be killed. Like maybe she goes back to Marine or mm. you know burns the throne and says no one's king. I don't know, but I feel like she's not going to come all this way to not sit on the throne. We'll see. Uh, as far as Arya leaving behind her vengeance and her list after her scene with Sandor, well, she may have. She may have temporarily done that only to realize she's got to at least do one more. 
Um, I, it's tough to say because will she? Will that be about revenge? I don't think that you know Arya may be sad about these people she saw die around her, but I don't know if that's revenge. She didn't know them personally. Did she? Is there anyone in particular she wants revenge for? There's a difference between revenge and vengeance. I, I agree, and so, this, would, this might be more along the lines of like what the the the, the House of Black and White and their ethos. It's more of a a mercy or someone that needs to die rather than you don't, you're not supposed to make it personal. Yeah. And this is, if she kills this part, if she kills Daenerys because she thinks it's the right thing to do or because it's a mercy to other people or even a mercy to her, maybe that's a different calculus for her, a different reason, a different motivation for her to kill someone than all these other kills she's had. They've all been her list. So this might be, it would be a turning point, but maybe a different kind of turning point, not a not a uh, killing someone for reasons other than vengeance <laughs> or revenge. But yeah, she might feel like she's protecting the people. Like, yeah. we just can't have a dragon existing. It's yeah, that's that's another theory is that she won't kill Daenerys, but that she'll kill Drogon. Um, but we'll get to that a little later. Um, definitely have some ideas on that. William Couplin says, uh, for season eight, episode two, I commented on no mention of burn them all, then queried whether we'd see this played out later. Well, I guess we did with the bells. What else was skipped over when we thought it may have been part of earlier episodes? What next? Have most people taken what's in prophecies to literally expecting them to happen word for word, action by action? That's definitely a thing that happens is we get a little too lost in the weeds with these prophecies and we maybe miss other ways the prophecy could be true, uh, like technically true, given tricky wording or clever interpretations. So we definitely should never take them too strictly worded, but we also don't want to be too loose with them. It's it's an interesting, tricky thing. The show never got too deep into the prophecies and their interpretations. They just kind of threw them out there and said, think about this and use them to drive the characters rather than to tell a whole lot about what was going on. And that meant a lot, like Daenerys being told, <laughs> you're, you're Azor High, or you're the prince that was promised, rather. That's, well, that certainly means a lot to be told that. And uh, so that, that, I think, is a big, you know, what it, how it motivates characters is just as important as a lot of the other stuff. What do you think about this question? I think there's, there's I think if we were to go back and watch it again, which I'm sure we all will, yep. uh, we're going to be <laughs> like, oh, we're going to be a million things like that, a yeah. million little things of like, oh. Uh, and I also think that some of those might not have been by design. It yeah. just might just work out that way or be a coincidence. Um, well, and the other thing, the other part that's missing, just I just realized he's saying what else was skipped over. We're thinking about Bran's vision. The part that's missing is the king being killed. I mean, I guess we got that with Cersei dying. You could say that yeah. we did get that. Mm -hmm. But you could say that the Cersei wasn't the one saying burn them all. Cersei wasn't the one doing that. The closer anal uh, analogy clearly is Daenerys. And um, yeah, if someone has to stab her in the back well not a lot of candidates for that but that is part of the vision that we did see or if we did it was Cersei but I, I would think it's not next question is from Alexander Wilson Game of Thrones director Alan Taylor said that George R. R. Martin told him the story was about John and Danny. I see that as coming to fruition at the last episode yeah I mean if you got to name the two two most main characters <coughs> it's hard to argue that it's John and Danny, um, which is part of why it's really it was really tough to see for a lot of fans to see Danny do what she's doing and, uh, yeah, so if if we want to think that is the most likely resolution, then we should see this as mostly about John's conflict and about Danny's conflict and less about other people having to make this decision or it falling, the burden falling on someone else's shoulders. Like, yeah, it could be Arya, but there's less conflict in Arya dealing with Daenerys than there would be for John. Yeah. 
There would be conflict for Tyrion, but still less than John. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Because none, none of them had, you know, a, a relationship, even though it was brief. They not only did they have a relationship, but but John full throatedly endorsed her and said, "I'll always, you'll always be my queen," and stuff yeah. like that. You know, Tyrion is in a different spot as far as that goes. There's further conflict for John too, because he potentially could argue he i'm the one not you anyway it should you know yeah that's not true. only doing these bad things but you're not even supposed to be doing anything it's supposed to be me and he's and he's been avoiding that and i've even thought of that as being a virtue of john not mm. being ambitious not trying to have power but whether whether it's meant to be or fair to think of it this way you could see how this is a um john might feel like he's failed Mm. If I had just taken, if I had just taken control myself, none of this would have happened. If I had let know? them make me king, yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a good thing. Like I want that to be more discussed openly and more like more people to realize that John has some responsibility too. Obviously, he didn't burn these people. He didn't, you know, yell Dracarys <laughs> and burn these people. But people warned him. But yeah. smart people that he recognizes as smarter politically than him warned him. Varus warned him. Sansa warned him. They the people he he recognizes as politically savvy. They told him, and he just was like. No, I'm falling in line because I said I would and because that's the right thing to do. And now he's got to realize that that is not that was not the right thing to do. And, you know, standing aside is not noble necessarily. Necessarily. You know? yeah. Taking, some, some of this is being results oriented. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's the same thing that Ned ran into that we run into with Ned's character. And his conflict is that being honorable is not always the best course. It's. Usually the right course. There are definitely times where you just have to sacrifice honor. And it came up for Ned in the Black Cells, and it may happen very similarly. What was Ned willing to do with when Virus was like, well, you're just going to die? He's like, yeah, I'll just die. He's like, well, what about Sansa? And he's like, okay, I'll lie. I'll, I'll call myself a traitor, right? Yeah. What if that's the same? That same thing could happen or something very similar with Sansa again. Like, what if Danny's like, no, Sansa needs to die, and John's like, Okay, now I can't sit here. And now I'll be a king, sl queen slayer. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would like if anything moves John, it won't be his own life. I think his own. He he values his honor more than his own life, but he does not value his own honor more than Sansa's life or Bran's or Arya's. It's very much like Ned in that regard. So that's really interesting. Um, I think there's a huge, enormous potential for conflict there. It's already headed that direction, so I think that's an extremely likely way for the show to play out, at least in some way or another. One thought that. I can see another thing I can see happening that would just contribute to this even more is what if Danny wants to burn Tyrion? Is John going to stand oh, yeah. by and watch it happen again? I think know? he would have to watch. I think he would have to allow <laughs> that because of, you know, like law, legally speaking, Tyrion did break, you know, he went against her. You yeah. know, he let Jamie go. Like if, if it depends on how it's framed, you know, if she's like, look, he did this. What's John going to do? John be like, no, he like he broke the law. Like, how's he going to stand against that? He might hate it. He might argue against, it, but ultimately, that's not that's not the kind of thing he would rebel against because it's totally under the guise of law. Right. He might he, hate it, but he but, might not rebel against it. But having to see it again is just eventually he's going to be no more. I can't take it yes, anymore. That, like, I agree. It could build. It, it, it could like <coughs> you know wear down his resolve, or perhaps think how many increase his resolve. You know, whatever. <laughs> think how many people stood by while Matt King Aries was burning people. Jamie himself. So, Not so. even justifiably. They still stood by and let it happen. But then eventually they turned on him, you know. Yeah. Jamie, Barristan, both just sat there and let it. That's, that's an interesting part of the whole theme here is like good people sworn to obey terrible people, you know. And Ares is a terrible person. Danny is kind of yet to be seen how she proceeds from here. She's done a terrible deed. That doesn't mean she's going to be a terrible queen. We'll have to see. 
from Steven Rodriguez. I'll miss these live streams. What role will Bran play? Well, we still definitely wonder about that. I think that if if Danny is removed, I do maintain Bran is a is a logical candidate to be king. As strange as it might sound to have a little boy uh, who can't have kids, who has all of human history in his mind. <laughs> you know, he he doesn't want anything. Like these conversations he had with Tyrion, and the, the fact that he interfered with the succession. It's still like I just don't see. You know, there's obviously it could be about love is the death of duty and stuff like that. That might be a little too subtle for the show, though. If we're looking for more straightforward answers, it's because he's sees this as maybe he sees it as a duty. You know, uh, maybe he sees it as well as the only way that the throne will be used with with some sense of justice and ethics because because he's not corruptible like these other people are or is he you know <laughs> that might be he may he may be but like <laughs> selling him as uncorruptible would work to some people to a lot of people maybe this is another thing that's still perplexing me a little in fact I, I wanted to maybe do a thought experiment yeah still not quite sure what Bran was trying to accomplish by telling John that he was the heir like I feel that's, like that's it this, made this it worse niggles. yeah I feel like it made it worse I it, think so too uh, and that's why that's why this thought this this theory has a lot of validity to it. Um, let alone the fact that he is now a favorite on that betting site, Odd Shark. A favorite, really, to be the king. He is like field picking the field as low has lower odds than who Bran. is Bran. Oh, yes. Okay, that's <laughs> so weird. It is yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, like you. You could, if you bet five dollars for Bran to be king, you will not win. You will not win five dollars if he becomes king, because that's how much the odds are stacked in his favor on that site. <laughs> so, if you really don't think Bran will be king, you should have bet against it a long time ago, because the odds have only gotten worse and worse every week. Uh, question from Ian Relliford: The end of show podcast doesn't mean the end of Sean's attendance on here, does it? No, it does not. Not only will we will will be st- still having Saturday live streams once a month, which Sean will be uh, frequently available for, but we will be doing some scripted content, and that will be the first time Sean will be able to join us on scripted content. He's only been on our live streams in the past, so a new role for Sean. Not just not only will it not be ending, but a new role will be dawning for him <laughs> because we do have a lot of book to show content. Uh, things we learn from the show that we want to express about what we think is coming in the books, what it tells us, what it, what we, especially things that we, well, not just especially, but also things that we think will be different and how they'll be different, <coughs> but also how we think they'll be the same, you know, that's really important. And as you get farther in the books, you'll have more to say about that, but there's a lot just to say about the early chapters. I will be rereading and that's a huge thing. We'll be able to go over some of those things together because Rereading the series after getting new information about what the show has shown us, even if it's just bullet points about what George R. R. Martin told them, they all need to be uh, refreshed. I need to go look through the whole series and see if there's anything, any foreshadowing for any of these things we already saw. So what you should do is when you get through into a Clash of Kings and you get to where Sean is, yeah, you need to be like, okay, Sean, I read this chapter, and then Sean has to read that chapter and keep pace with you from that point. I, you'll have to. I'll be done with the Clash of Kings too quick for that. I, I literally have like less than hundred pages left. So well, then Storm of Swords, it is. You will. <laughs> you will take you. I I'll, I'll have that done in three months. Yeah, exactly. Aziz <laughs> exactly, will have read, reread all of A Song of Ice and Fire in that time. <laughs> you need to step two. My my reading time all got diverted to watch. Time. I'll have it done in three weeks, <laughs> maybe three days. <laughs> so, from Maura Lee, looking forward to the last episode tomorrow night and the GOT documentary coming out on the 26th. Love you and Ashea and the kitties. Cats rule. They sure do. They all appear to be sleeping around today. We don't see any, no cats to grab on our laps just yet, but maybe in an hour. 
Marley also says, looking forward to you singing Jenny's song. Well, thank you, Mar. I looking f- I looking forward. I'm looking forward to recording it and sharing it with you all. It should be really fun. Andy Lichen says, keep up the good work, enjoying the content. Thank you very much, Andy. Jennifer Shanley Clark says, thank you for always showing both sides and staying positive. Looking forward to your panels at Con of Thrones. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Yes, we are looking forward to those as well. Sometimes there's more than two sides. To be fair. <laughs> Three sides, four sides, five sides. It's a polygon. T. Gill says, loved you guys for years now. Thanks. Thank you, T. Gill. Uh, Chris Trombley, if Danny is to be killed, what about Drogon? Yeah, I mean, just as the Unsullied and the Dothraki are part of the removal of or killing, it has to be part of the plan, the Drogon's got to be part of the plan too. And, and maybe the, the hardest part to account for, like they just don't know. Like we talked about if, Dro- if Danny dies and Drogon lives, he could just fly off to fly off to uh, Valyria and head home, or he could go berserk. Uh, well, I know which I know which of those two is is cheaper for them to film, <laughs> but you know that's where Arya and the 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 bow shot stuff could be coming up. Like bow, there's there's something we plan on talking about today. We may as well talk about it now. Uh, Chekhov's bow <laughs> with the the reference Chekhov's gun is an old uh, uh, movie reference that refers to like a. I don't even I don't know the original reference, but there's a you know a gun that's used in the first shown in the first act is going to pop up in the third act. It's a basic concept like that, and it's used. So it's that term is thrown around a lot to refer to any sort of MacGuffin, any sort of item or plot that's seemed important but hasn't yet happened. You know, and so we're here. We are with one episode left, and in the very first episode of the entire show, Arya shoots the bow behind Bran and hits the bullseye, which by itself is just like, oh, that's nothing. Arya's good at shooting bows, big deal. But twice this season, she's been shooting a bow, <laughs> and uh, so it really seems like they're building this up to sh- for her to shoot a bow. And the the obvious answer for where for her shooting a bow, if it's not to kill Daenerys would be to kill Drogon, and shooting a dragon in the eye eye socket would be the way to accomplish that. Because, you know, a regular bow, like, you're not going to kill Drogon, like, hitting him anywhere else. But in the eye socket, that could do it. And, uh, well, do you think that'll happen? I don't know, man. I don't think it will. I I, I gotta say, in the same way that I thought the idea of Danny being killed is tough to... Uh, see how that plays out because I don't know what's going to happen to the Rothraki. I didn't even think about Drogon. Killed or not killed, I didn't think about Drogon. You know, I guess if she's not killed. Hmm? Last week you said, I don't see a way that Cersei is killed. You said that. I said I had a hard time envisioning it on screen, how it would happen. I had a hard time seeing her getting stabbed with blood or smashed in the face or something like that. Which is why we theorized. And and I did predict that that she wouldn't die. um, But... uh, but but she still it was she died but it still we didn't we only sort of saw her die you know it wasn't ambiguous uh, though <laughs> yeah right I, I, I'm not arguing in any way that she's still alive right but, right right um, which is why you know that is why we thought it would this is that is how they kill characters I, like that they it, don't it, kill characters like that bloodily they do it like yeah. elegantly falling or being crushed this yeah. is like the two like Danny like, though I can see dying bloodily I can see a dagger thrust in her belly and blood coming mm. out in her dress I can see that for sure that I that I know that's yeah I disagree I definitely don't think we'll get that <laughs> I don't think we'll get it but it's but I I can see it way more than I can see it for Cersei that something like that was one percent Danny okay. something like that's 20 or 30 percent okay um, well, let's talk a little further about, uh, actually, do we have any more early questions here? Yes, we do have a couple more questions here. And then we'll get to more specific predictions. Uh, for Mr. Mitchell954, great counsel deuce. 
Bran, Sansa, Yara, Robin Aaron, Prince of Dorne, Tyrion, to choose one true king. That is definitely how Bran would get chosen. In these Bran theories, it's not because, oh, he's next in line. It doesn't work that way, because Gendry would be next in line the way things have been set up. So Gendry as king would be, well, it's possible. Uh, he, and, he, and if they're doing a great council, he would be you know, an option because of who he is. But on the other hand, who he is is a, is a blacksmith's son. He doesn't have any rule. Like he said, I barely know how to use a fork. I don't even know that he would want it. He would be like, uh, come on, guys. Uh, I, I don't know that I would be a good choice here. I have no ruling experience. You know, I could see them bypassing him for that, and maybe he, he, maybe he even doesn't want it. But again, this is how we get to Bran, uh, because they choose someone who's doesn't uh, have ambition, who doesn't have desire, who doesn't have, uh, you know, n- not too much nepotism to worry about. Some people would probably bring that up because he's, he's a Stark. But um, it's really tricky. And uh, th- But I do like the idea of a great council because it's a hi- historical event that's happened twice. And George likes to create these historical events in the past to foreshadow them coming in the future. And, well, we only got one episode left. If we're going to get a great council, which was a big deal in the past, well, this is the only time we could get it. And, and you can see why we would get it. If they decide that Daenerys is not appropriate as the queen, then they'd have to pick someone else, and John definitely doesn't want it, so then, well, gotta be someone. Gotta be someone. Davos? <laughs> Davos yeah. King. He might be the best <laughs> king of all the people, of all the candidates, he might be the actual best ruler. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, he would be a good, good one. Doesn't, uh, Ahmed Ali says, doesn't Bran live in the past, so how would he rule? Well, uh, presumably he would be able to see the mistakes people made in the past. Um, or he might just not be a very good ruler. <laughs> it's like, you could think he would be this enlightened king, but he might be kind of crappy. Maybe he's got some feelings and some ambitions after all. It'd be hard to conspire against him. It would be almost impossible to conspire against yeah. him, that's for sure. The regime would have some security in that sense. <laughs> he, he might be able to pick good advisors, and uh, the advisors might have to be loyal to him because they just can't do anything against him. I still, I still doubt it. I still don't. Uh, I, I would be like eating my words. I guess I'll be eating my <laughs> words if Brandon ends up on the Iron Throne. <laughs> Where are your words? Can we like your your notes? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Get each crazy notes. Get it. Let's see. I'm waiting. <laughs> Jaharis Stargathis Stargathister says, "John refuses to kneel, so Danny tries to torch him." Thoughts. I feel like that's possible, but I feel like it'll be someone else that gets torched for refusing to kneel, not John, because John has already, he hasn't knelt, but he's already openly pledged and said, you know, he gave his promise and John really is tough to, it's really tough for John to break promises. What do you think? Do you think this, that, uh, and, and, and also I, I don't, that is a good reason for Danny to torch him if he refuses to kneel. Other than that, I don't know why she would because... He's already kneeled. I don't think she'll. I don't think it'll come up. Say, okay, John, kneel. He'll be standing beside her when she's telling other people to kneel. He's already yeah, kneeled. He has already. Does Grey Worm have to her. kneel? Like, uh, yeah. You know. I mean, maybe she'll want it as a you know as an authority thing to show to like he shows it in front of the realm. Yeah. But I don't think he would refuse because he, like you said, he's already done it and he's it's it would be a renewal of his fealty and he would have to be breaking his yeah I don't know it's tricky. I can also see him you know, kneeling if you will, but maybe no longer serving her. Kind of mm. like Ned was like, I'm done here. Let me give you my pen back. I'm not a hand anymore. He didn't tell Robert, you're not my king anymore. He just said, I'm not your hand anymore. Yeah. And yeah. John might, I'm going back to Winterfell. Yeah. Be queen. Winterfell will kneel to you. I'll convince Sansa, but I'm not serving you anymore. I think she would want to keep him there 
because to keep because yeah. his claim is dangerous, and even if he doesn't want to push it, other people might, and so. Yeah. And that would be, by the way, that might be a reason for her to want him removed entirely. That's pretty bloody and ruthless, but... She'll give him Dragonstone. <laughs> yeah, good. Typically, the heir is given Dragonstone, but she doesn't have an heir, so that's also a tricky part of this. <laughs> she doesn't have an heir. Is the most likely title of this final episode A Dream of Spring? This question is from Armando C. Hey, Armando, how you doing, buddy? And what do you think that will mean for the ending? Feels a little hopeful, no? Uh, A Dream of Spring is the provisional uh, planned title for the last book of Song of Ice and Fire. So that's it's a very good theory, you know, but also there's a the old the, the previous title of A Dream of Spring, George changed it, was A Time for Wolves. He thought that title maybe was a little too spoilery or too, gave too much away. Um, so that's definitely possible. I lean towards um, Hour of the Wolf, which is the, uh, the post uh, Dance of the Dragons um, ep- episode where... They uh, where a Stark comes in and cleans up the uh, <laughs> cleans maybe, things maybe up. It'll be something like the broken wheel. <laughs> the broken wheel. <laughs> well, then Brand definitely can't become king at the end of an episode called The Broken Wheel. He'd just be like, I can't. Dang it. Uh, so Megan Molo, super chat with no question. Thank you, Megan. Lady May of House Lawson, same. Thank you, Lady May. And Bernie L. Oh, is Sean drinking cat placenta and Mountain Dew? <laughs> and Jimmy Padge wants to know, did I miss the description of Sean's concocted beverage? You did not. It does not have cat placenta or any sort of placenta in it, but we should bring it up. What are you drinking, Sean? This is the, uh, the berry naked drink mixed with a sparkling ice, um, strawberry watermelon. It really needs to be stirred. And Mountain Dew. Yeah, look at all that yeah, at the bottom. Like a, you have, you have, you have yeah. sediment down there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to some theories, and then we'll come back to more questions. We're roughly halfway through today. Don't have any particular mid-roll shout-outs, so we're just going to keep on going. Uh, yeah, Tyrion and Danny is um, a tricky part here because... We we wonder, you know, there's obviously some Tywin Ares vibes, but Tywin is a lot different than Tyrion, and Ares is a lot different than Daenerys. But that said, there's similarities for sure. And you know, the 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 daughter of the Mad King and the son of his hand. That part obviously, so many of these things just line up so well, you can't miss it. Now, I want to think back to an earlier smaller incident that happened when Danny was trying to rule Marine. She executed that fellow Masador, who was totally in love with her, you know, as a queen and was just thought he was doing what she wanted. And it was a powerful scene because the crowd is like, don't do it. Don't do it. A lot of them probably expected her to forgive this guy at the last second. And then when she didn't, it started a riot. Yeah, it was a big deal. And. I think about that scene here because it shows how she was a little off, like not like mentally ill. I mean, she misread things. She did not expect that reaction. She thought they would appreciate the justice of it. And well, they did not. <laughs> and so I wonder how that's going to play out here. Is she going to, she thinks she's bringing the people justice and, and uh, removing tyrants, but that's not how they're going to see it, is it? I, I think they will, by the way. Some, so will. You know, Some will or some won't. The people of King's Landing? I think Landing? most will. I really? Think most okay. people. Th- th- in fact, th- <clears throat> here we are. First, uh, or a, a prediction I have, maybe not my first big prediction so far, but um, a big thought that I have predicting okay. where things are going. The people are going to support her. There'll be a few people close to her, Tyrion, John, whoever, who were suspicious or concerned. But 
Her armies are clearly going to support her. Yeah, you see, yeah, they're all rocketeering. They're all going to think it's a yeah, victory. There's never been any doubt for them. And yeah. maybe a large population of King's Landings that's left over maybe aren't enthusiastically supporting her, because, but they're scared. They're not going to go against her. Hmm. But I think the people of the North, maybe not Sansa, but the populace, the soldiers of the North, they're going to support her. They're what right if, there. But what if they find out about John? Uh, well, that might change things. That that might change. And that's things. already that's and a big that is a big thing. Whether or not whether Varys, Varys or how many letters he got out yeah. or whatever. But but I think that the people of Dorne, yeah, Burn King's landing down. They want a revenge against okay. the Lannisters. Too, yeah, that's right? true. Yes, yeah, so, I, I, I can buy that. Yeah, I can buy Dorne being cool with it. Iron yeah. Islands won't care. They're not be like oh, Iron Islands. What, like, what an atrocity. Part of it anyway. Yeah. Right. So the, the, I can see the, the general population. They just know. Danny won in King's Landing. She's the new queen. She's but got a dragon. But won't King's Landing the armies be mad are victorious. At her for all the slaughter? Yeah, but they, they, they might. They be, won't be able to do anything about but, it, probably. Right, and I don't <laughs> even know if she's going to rule from King's Landing. She might rule from Dragonstone and build a new capital. Who knows? Uh, you yeah, know? I guess it's possible. I think she made a big deal out of continuing where you know the throne and where it was, and like that's the spot where you get to claim. Yeah. You, You're but, right. but if it, she stays in King's yeah. Landing, even if the people of there King's Landing are, are hesitant about supporting her, yeah, Dothraki and Unsullied are right there. What are they going to do? Yeah, there's nothing they can do. You know? not, not right away. The anymore. dragons there, like they just have to follow her, however much they want to support her or not. Mm-hmm. And I think. I think most of the population around the kingdom will, if not actively, enthusiastically support they, her, they will at least passively not care. You're right. I think Actually, she's going to be this victorious queen. That's a good point. Uh, I don't fully agree with what you're saying, but I agree with a lot of it. Uh, for example, uh, a very common theme is the common people do not care who plays the game, you know, what happens in the Game of Thrones as long as they're left alone. Yeah. And that is going to be true. You're right. That that's going to be true for people all over the realm. For the most part, they do not care. They're like, okay. A new queen. Well, hopefully she's decent to us. You know, hopefully yeah. she. They, there, there might be some consternation, some anxiety because a new regime always means potential changes. But most of them, you're right. They just won't care. Mm-hmm. It it adds to my belief that she's she's gonna live and be on a throne, depressed and uh, maybe not technically clinically depressed, but but maybe. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and also that John's not gonna kill her because I yeah. think let's just imagine a scenario where John's like you've gone too far and he stabs her in the back. And then yeah. all the Unsullied and Dothraki are around him like, you just killed our queen. Yeah. You're going down. He would be willing uh, to die for that, dude, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would all of a sudden the the people of Dorne are like, okay, now we support John. Or, you know what I mean? Like the people of the realm yeah. are just going to jump around and support, you know, I think that at least not one episode. They're not one episode no, going right. to show yeah. everyone switch fealty from Danny to John. So. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and you're talking more about John and Danny and Sansa. This is all, this all wraps up together a lot. I think Tyrion is, is a... Maybe a little separate from it all because you know if if Tyrion is executed, like I said before, I don't think John. It might push him in one direction, but it won't be the tipping point probably because I don't think they're that close, and because there's probably some justice to it if he's hasn't been that good of a hand. I do think he would be a much better peacetime hand than wartime hand, like John. <laughs> no, Tyrion. 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 Oh yeah, uh, he hasn't. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, he hasn't been a very good wartime hand. So you can't <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not saying a lot. But um, he was, you know, I think that's more where his skills lie anyway. He's more about, like, thinking, and he's good with administration. Uh, well, anyway, that's, a, that's neither, neither here nor there. It's, he's better it's, anticipating s- political moves and military moves. And we're not going to see that play out anyway in one episode. We're not going to see his political skills play out over a long period of time if he even has a chance to use them. But, yeah, so, the, so wrapping Sansa into this, I think, is uh, we've, we've talk, touched on it a bit and how that might be something that moves John if, if she's threatened. But let's talk about like how this is how so many of these are parallels. You talked on Twitter. You made a great point on Twitter about how so much of this, not all of it, some of it doesn't line up quite right, but a lot of it lines up really well with stuff that's happening both 
at the end of Robert's Rebellion itself, and then fast forward 15 years later, the beginning of A Game of Thrones with Robert coming north to Ned. There's some, some, between those two scenarios, there's a lot in common with what we're seeing develop right now. So lead us into that. I thought it was a really, uh, a really good line of, of thinking. Yeah, some of these are maybe just some potential thoughts or potential parallels, but we have, you know, like a couple of different angles to take on it. We had the Ares at the time had a hand, a, a Lannister hand who abandoned him. So now we have a Lannister hand who maybe doesn't abandon Danny. Maybe he does, but may, maybe he's just killed by her. Yeah. Um, Tywin might have been killed by Ares if he hadn't left him, you know? Yeah. Then we have, you know, I, I don't know how likely this is, but, you know, we had a Lannister betray the monarch. We had Jaime yep. be the Kingslayer, maybe Lannister, maybe Tyrion somehow kills mm-hmm. Danny. If Varys is trying to poison her, then the maybe... The Starks are all... You know, except for Tyrion, the Starks are mostly in the positions the Lannisters were in, but there's some crossover, in, except in yeah. this case, they're kind of allied. And you had the... Which is true at the end of Robert's Rebellion, too. The Starks yeah. and Lannisters were, were not allied, but they were both on Robert's side at the end. Yep. <laughs> you you know? have both Ares and then Robert, both calling Starks to King's Landing yeah. to, to, on some level, uh, you know, maybe to, to answer. One was uh, for Brandon and, or and for Rickard, support, and one was so, to be hand, yeah. Right, so you can imagine maybe Danny calls Sansa to court to kneel, demands that, Jan, that John stay in support. Um, and, that's, and that's what I was calling, I was sort of bringing up with that Hour of the Wolf business at the end of the Dance of the Dragons. It's a, a northerner who comes down, a, power, a, a strong-willed northerner comes down and cleans up court. And that could, to me, that would, sounds more like Sansa than John because Sansa, because it's coming down from the north to clean up, whereas John is already here and already tied in with everything. But, you know, it, these things don't have to be strict one to one relationships. This is a, more of a stretch, but we have a Baratheon end up as the king. Yeah, again, maybe he could is. have a Baratheon, could end up king here. It's a possibility. Uh, by the way, just a, another side note um, if Sansa does get called down, Bran's coming with her. Ooh, yes. And that'll be a force. That, you know, it'll be hard for someone to just execute Sansa. Bran's not just going to let that happen. I would have to, I would have to, they'd have to kill her too. You're right. Yeah. She would She would not just lay down for that. And also, it's a neat thought that we see in the shadows of Danny Drogon, in the shadows of Cersei the Mountain, in the shadows of Sansa, Bran. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, good thoughts. Uh, and again, the one character who... We've talked about all these characters. The one character is really hard to see how he fits into all this is Davos. We, we brought him up, but it's like, how does he fit into any of this? Right now, he's technically Gendry's subject. He's from the Stormlands, <laughs> so he can go be Gendry's hand. They're not that not that lords of the storm. Not that they typically appoint a hand, but you know, yeah. just his key advisor or something like that. You know, they have a, they have a relationship already. That could be part of the little the ending. The thing montage. Davos really needs to do is go back to his wife and kids. <laughs> Seriously, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> does he have kids? I don't think he has another kid. Yeah, he does in the show. I in the show he does? Yeah. He has another kid? We he definitely has a bunch it. in the show, or in the books. He has seven. Or, but he's never like, left. oh, I lost my one and only son. Or any I thought kid, he did you know. say that. Let's see. I think he had said he lost his son, but I can't remember if he said one and only. I, 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 I wish I could remember better, but I, I think that he said something to that effect, but it's, it was it ambiguous enough. It says on the so. Game of Thrones wiki that he has several sons, including oh, Mathos. Okay, cool. So I don't know. Good. That's good. I'm glad he has more kids. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't lose his only kid. That's rough. So yeah, hopefully there's a happy ending for Davos. I I think he's the uh, one of the most likely at this point because he's not he's not implicated in any treason. He's not like some great warrior, you know. There was a, a moment early in the season. In fact, I'm even thinking about the comment that the, the 
the super chat someone had a minute ago thinking about other little moments that happened earlier that maybe were like, oh, wait a minute, maybe that meant something. Yeah. It was, I think it was at the feast and Davos and Tyrion were kind of bantering back and forth. And I wish I could remember the context or, or the, the quote a little bit better, but basically it seemed like Davos's mind was spinning on how things were playing out. And, um, he, you know, he said something about, you know, I'm not worried about X, I'm worried about Y. And Tyrion said, oh, well, think about this. And then he kind of, like, looked around at everyone, and Davos was like, well, now I feel a lot better. Oh, I, yeah, he said, I, we've beaten them, now we have to worry about us. Us, yeah, <laughs> right, like, I think right. I will have that drink. Yeah. That was a great yeah. line. And yeah. I wonder how much Davos has been this whole time thinking about us, you know? Yeah, and seeing it play out, like, here we are, here's us, yeah. just ruining everything again. <laughs> but it's also be like, what can he do about it? You know, he's he's kind of like got all the right ideas and thoughts but not a lot of agency necessarily maybe he can just give good advice to john or Tyrion. that might be that's one thing is he can talk to these guys john's always relied on him for advice was he so. there when they burned Varys? i think so is he in that scene? i think so he would he, he would he would think he would be he, I, I mean john was definitely there i, I don't know where else davos would be because they were together i'm not sure though anyway um let's move on uh let's see here Another few little things to wrap up that probably won't matter, but they deserve mention just in case they enter, you know, like that Prince of Dorne, uh, Edmure Tully, the Iron Bank, maybe, you know, it's kind of these things like they probably are just going to hand wave that away, but these are all small possibilities for someone to weigh in or to play a small role or at least to get a line of dialogue <laughs> yeah. and King's Landing itself. Will they have time? Will they, are they going to start discussing? Like you said, is she going to, she probably won't move the capital, but if that, if a discussion of rebuilding King's Landing comes up, that'll be, you know, that might, that might happen in some way or another. Um, another major one is Braun. Like what's going on with Braun? We still have to wonder what his deal is. Is he going to be able to collect that reward? Tyrion being in, in not such great, uh, standing with Daenerys is not exactly going to help him fulfill that promise. I don't know if Danny's going to be too happy with that guy gets Highgarden. That's not what I had in mind. So I don't know. I'm thinking Bronn does not get Highgarden, but I'm not super confident. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. I, I don't think I'll be able to get my thought out without Shea. Bronn Garden. <laughs> Cutting me off. <laughs> you ready? She's lurking. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that Bronn is a... Uh, it seems such like a minor, almost petty factor, right? Given everything that's happened, everything we just saw, that the epicness and the destruction and what's at stake. It's this weird the idea little extra that this, plot line. This one mercenary wants some reward <laughs> for his threat on some, you know, character that might die anyway. Like, I guess, but they showed us that. They made a point. They, they, that they've created that storyline. I feel like it's got to have some meaning. I, I'm very suspicious of how important it's going to be. I don't think they are just going to hand wave that away. I don't know how it will be. Yeah, would there's I, no way Bron just doesn't appear at all. In the what episode, I, I don't kind think. of hope and yeah. expect is Bron gets hard guard and there's nothing to say to stop it. Never gonna happen. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. No, he's going to show Garden. up, be like, hey, I'm here for high garden. And get, Danny's going to be like, who the fuck are you? And she's just going to roast him. <laughs> are you the guy that shot my dragon? <laughs> in the loot train battle? He's like, no, that wasn't me. That was... That was my brother. Uh, that was Gron. 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 Yeah, Gron. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Cooper. Cooper or Darnell, whichever one he was. I never remember if he was Cooper or Darnell. It was Cruntist. Cruntist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he went into it. His name is Felsword. Maybe that's why he became a Felsword. 
so <laughs> someone else mentioned something about Bran that's rele- that's relevant to his characterization that he is uh, you know because he's in the wheelchair uh, he re- he reminds people and because his wheelchair came from Dorne people think of Doran Martell who was more concerned with peace than revenge he cared about yeah. revenge he wanted to get Tywin but peace was more important to him. And there's one thought that that I that has like sold me a little on the idea that there are some parallels to Doran, and I feel like I I haven't got there in the books, but I'm I'm confident the books have way more Doran material and do way better with it, and that he is probably more of a protagonist character. Correct. Um, <laughs> yes. And 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 even in the show, he seemed to be presented as a protagonist. Yeah. Right? He oh got yeah. Like four lines of dialogue. He's or definitely a so. good man. Like you're, yeah. you know, you can you can. He has some tragedy to him. He's he's flawed like everyone. He can make mistakes, but and he you know he has he has loves and hates and desires and feelings and he suffers a lot. He's got he's in a lot of pain. Uh, he's he's got gout. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of that maybe could be compared to Bran, and which means that maybe Bran would also be a good leader, even if not sitting on Iron Throne. I, like, here's the thing. A good I guy to have on your small council, like, at least. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was. My instinct was to say that, like, he could have the North. Like, no, he said he can't have the North. Well, it seems like if he can't have the North, he can't have the whole kingdom either. So, uh, I don't know. If it's know. an election, then they yeah. can't elect him. But you're right. I mean, he wouldn't get it through bloodlines. That's definitely not going to happen. But uh, I think in the same way that... John is like, I don't want it. Bran will be like, I don't want it. Like, this isn't going to happen, you know? Yeah. He might not want it, but that doesn't mean he won't get it. <laughs> Before it's like, you're going to take it. What are you going to do, kid? <laughs> you're only 13. You got to take this. <laughs> uh, a question from Kilesh Jaramdas. Hey, Sean, is Issa Shea? My girlfriend wants to pick up a new series to read, so could you each do a two-sentence pitch on why A Song of Ice and Fire would be a great candidate? Thanks for everything you do for the community. Well, if she enjoyed Game of Thrones and if she likes reading, I cannot think of a better series given all the fun there is to have here with all the, you know, everything we do and all the things to talk about. It's endless. There's just so much to love about it. That was more than two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to think about that more. If I really have to con- con- to compress it into two sentences, I should have I should think about that more and be ready for the next time that question comes up because okay, that's I'll hard. Go ne- I'll go then. Uh, I would say... There is so much more depth to the story and so many more characters than you have any idea. That's one sentence. <laughs> Second <laughs> sentence. Uh, the writing is beautiful, poetic, just moving prose. That that there. That's enough, I think, to sell you on it uh, compared to a, a TV show. <laughs> and Sean. Yeah, I don't even know if they're necessarily asking us to compare it to the TV show. Like, is your girlfriend watching a show and also is looking for a new book series to read? Okay. Or yeah, do they yeah, just want question. a book series to read? Oh, good point. But, um, not to take away from anything you said, but I I think the thing... Uh, uh, let me think. My two sentences are, it's rich. It's rich with symbolism and, and depth and, and character development. Sentence one. Sentence two, it's... One of the most important things happening culturally in generations. You know, I think if right now we look back and talk about Shakespeare, 100 years from now, if you're going to look back and talk about Game of Thrones, 
Yeah, that's not that's not unlikely to be true. That's a good point. Like it is, it's gotten so big and it's affected so many people. It'll probably parents are passing it down to their kids. Yeah, even (laughs) even if you don't watch or like Star Wars or whatever, you still know who Darth Vader is. It's part of culture. You don't want to miss out on it. You even if you don't read comic books or care about these action movies, you still know who Superman is. And if you don't, you're missing out on a part of culture. You're going to have a harder time relating to the people in your society. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, right on. That was also more than two sentences. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Okay, so we have two different main uh, history of Westeros only online communities. They are Flick and Facebook. Our Facebook group is very well moderated by some very generous Facebook mods who have to deal with a lot of, you know, well, being moderators of a lot of different people, which sometimes people kind of can get a little uh, testy with each other, and that's when the mods have to step in. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's the occasional troll who comes in and posts something or says something that's really not appropriate for a group. And so I give them a lot of thanks for dealing with a lot of that. And on the other hand, we have uh, Flick, which is a new thing, and we have... Developed, are developing both these communities as a place for y'all to discuss the show and books with us and with each other. And so I took a few comments from Flick and Facebook to see what y'all were thinking about this final episode. A lot of people agree with Davos being someone that has a great shot at living based on how things look right now. Obviously, that could change. And a lot of people re- are pointing out that he's Gendry's subject. That's what, part of why I brought that up earlier. Kim Abridged here has a um, perhaps the most fairy tale ending possible. <laughs> she says, Doran marries uh, Yara. The Iron Islands and Doran marry, and they form a new progressive southern kingdom where the only capital crime is making zombies. Sam invents library cards. Gilly keeps finding important things in old scrolls. Danny flies west of Westeros on Drogon and finds a village menaced by a million goats. No one is burned ever again, and they eat lots of goat meat. Sansa becomes Queen Elizabeth of the North. Arya defeats the Doom, the Shadow of Ashai, and the Wyverns of Sothorios, becoming a hero of legend spoken of for a thousand thousand years by uh, especially by young children the dothraki return home to the great grassy but only after bran teaches them all how to skin change horses Tyrion goes to essos and realizes dario is a doppelganger he goes on a quest to expose him and receives a dwarf dragon as a reward when he and the original dario uh, are back in play and they complete the end of the slave trade while passing the Tywin Lannister Legacy Acts, which offer legal protection for both sex workers and dwarfs. The Unsullied and the R'hllor worshippers invent the Red Cross. John finds Ghost, who finds a lady wolf and becomes devoted to direwolf protectionism, making a sanctuary. Bronn gets Highgarden, and this is the third big twist. He's descended from the Gardener Kings after all. He's actually got the Gardener blood. He takes the castle because literally no one is there, ushering in a new era of incredible growth of crops and trees. That's Bran's role to let us know (laughs) Bran's true heritage. (laughs) And all these incredible growth of crops and trees is used to rebuild the realm. He gets his choice of wife and wine and dies happy and old. Bran sits on the God's eye and answers any question put to him by passing pilgrims. The end. (laughs) Okay. So some people have a rosier prediction for the end here. (laughs) On the other hand, uh, Varen Sudakar, I like this idea, is that uh, I really don't think they'll do it because it removes the conflict from these characters and they're all about creating conflict, is that Martha, the little girl that Varus was trying to get to poison Danny, that she still does it, that she still kills him or her, that she's still trying to do her thing. You know, Varus left those rings as payment for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. It's, it's a cool idea. I definitely don't think for plotting reasons they won't do it, but there's nothing like plot reason why that couldn't happen. You know, I just don't <laughs> think they will because of the conflict stuff and giving that to John or Arya or making someone else do it, not having it her just neatly removed by a character that we don't even know hardly. 
But I like it as a, you know, in the world, if it was a book, that might be a thing that like a ball that's still rolling, that if Varus is killed, some of his plots are still in, in play. So uh, the idea is really cool. Any thoughts on that? I, I think it's an interesting thought. That I, right. I, again, feel like they haven't set that up enough in the show, but it, something like that could happen in a book. So. Yeah, right. It's kind of neat. Uh, predictions from our Facebook group, on the other hand, um, from Lady R. Ardras, Arya Sales West, <clears throat> and uh, Andy C. and Megan N. bring up that in season six, she does say she would one day like to sail west. Kind of like Alyssa Farman in the uh, Fire and Fire and Blood, the Sun Chaser, Chaser episode. Now, Arya hasn't shown a lot of like seafaring skill, but that doesn't mean that they can't, uh, you know, find a way for her to catch passage or, you know, they can do something with that. She hasn't shown an ability to become a master of any skill. Yeah, she's <laughs> certainly the most, you know, skilled character at things <laughs> in the series. It's like if if this was a... Okay, it's the Game of Thrones, right? If Danny is maybe the most powerful piece on the board, but Arya is the piece the, that's most capable of removing her. It's like, like in Stratego where... You know, the yeah. one can't be killed by anything except the spy. And the spy can't kill anything else. <laughs> yeah, that would be the rub because Arya can kill plenty of other things. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, Kevin Kev says, Tyrion going to be a burnt McNugget. I uh, can't say that's not impossible. We certainly talked about that. So at least one person backs it up. Several people liked that comment, I think, if I remember right. So a lot of people, maybe not liking it as in they <laughs> uh, will enjoy seeing it, but they agree with the prediction as valid. Lots of people think that the kingdoms are going to split up in the end, that it'll be, they'll all go independent, the Iron Throne won't be a thing. I Edward, 100% agree with that. Shay really likes that theory. Edward W. calls it their version of Brexit. <laughs> I tend to think that also. And another thing that I've seen brought up a lot that I kind of can't believe I didn't make my own connection sooner, but Martin is a Tolkien fan. Yeah. One ring to rule them all. The throne, the Iron Throne is kind of like the ring. And in the yep. end... The all the rings destroyed. weren't united. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like all the kingdoms uh, were united under one ring. So. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, we could we could definitely see that. Uh, a lot of people in both Flick and Facebook think John will come into contact with Danny just like we uh -huh. do. But hardly anyone thinks he's going to sit the throne. The idea that John will sit the throne is really just tor been torpedoed. Like because, partly because of his own refusal, his own characterization, and just a variety of other reasons. Probably because of the time left to do that. It's yeah, that's so. Like earlier in the year, last year, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, John could end up on the throne." From the the tenor of the comments in our Facebook and Flick groups, and as well as on Twitter. Hardly anyone seems to So think that, that means now. they're almost definitely going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shock value. So that's interesting. All right, let's take some more questions from outside, from uh, patrons and super chatters and such. From Lord Commander George the Golden. I keep thinking about the point from Book to Show review. He thinks it was made by Lady Gwen. I think maybe it was like Lady, made by Lady Gwen. That Daenerys has become like Viserys, isolated on a foreign continent. I've done making predictions since I've been wrong about almost everything, but it would be fitting symmetry if Daenerys is killed with Jon, her last known living relative there to witness it. Not Jon dies also, but with Jon, the la would become the last Targaryen. Uh, scene. Weird how you put the emphasis on that. Emphasis on that <laughs> syllable, yeah. Uh, so that would be kind of like Daenerys witnessing Viserys killed and becoming the last Targaryen herself. Of course, that turned out to not be true since John was alive. But still, that's uh, it could be a similar kind of parallel moment. The difference would be that Daenerys was kind of like had hardened her heart to Viserys' death because he was so awful. I don't think John would do feel anything but awful about this, um, which is not a you know 
giant difference to the symmetry of the of the moments. It's uh, feeling different about it isn't necessarily doesn't undermine this as a theory. Certainly, uh, so yeah, I could see something like that happening, and it is a good thing to point out. I feel like there's almost no way for any character to not feel awful about this, no matter how it pans out. You know what I mean? Like I, I suppose at the end of the World War II, people were happy the war was over, but it was still awful. So many people died on all sides. It was such a terrible thing for the whole world. You know, it's other than being happy that it's over. Whoever's king or president or whatever is still awful. It's yeah. all awful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, from Richard Seymour, can Danny be redeemed? Can it happen in an hour and 20, even with bad writing? <laughs> <laughs> bad writing allows a lot of skipping over a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I still wonder if there'll be some sort of time jump, even, even if it's just like a two-month time jump. I wonder. I thought that they might do a two-year time jump. To, when a season started, I'd give it that potential. But it, as it's been going, like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. No. Other than, again, maybe here, a two-month time jump. You know? Yeah. I think it could happen, but I don't think it will. I think yeah, that, I still think it's less than 10%. Yeah, I think they want to delve into this conflict and not have it resolve itself. In a hap- that would be that would almost be a happy... If Danny can be redeemed, then that's kind of a happy ending. And we're not supposed to get a happy ending from what we're told? It gives some sweetness to the bittersweet. It, yeah. Like I was saying, it would still be bitter. Even if Danny is redeemed, uh, Masunde is still dead, you know? That's true. She still has, like, no one to be happy with, and and she's got no friends, basically, and all. Yeah, it's still, that's true. And there's still all the destruction and death and everything. Stannis Baratheon asks, would season eight make sense if we had young Griff? Well, I don't know if it would make sense, but it would make some of the other plots make more sense. Some of the folding up of characters and uh, compressing of plot lines and giving arcs, uh, mixing arcs up would would definitely fit better. Varys is a character that kind of got messed up by that because Varys was never supposed to be a traitor to Danny in the books. He was supposed to be using her and for his own agenda to set up his preferred candidate where Danny was more like a smokescreen that developed differently than they expected because they didn't, you know, well they didn't they didn't foresee the hatching dragons part coming. So they changed their plan when that happened. But they were never backing her to be the primary candidate and I feel like in the show and in the books and in the show, they were. It seemed to me like they're trying to be ambiguous with yeah. Varys. It, even if he was good and righteous, it was kind of questionable. Until right at the end, here he's the clear good guy. Yeah, you know? which doesn't make sense because yeah. he's done too many things that are not good guy things. To he doesn't yeah. deserve this reputation of of only caring about the small folk. Like he engineered a Dothraki invasion or tried to. Yeah. Of the of the whole country to destabilize it to so that it, their candidate could be coming to be the good guy like that's sacrificing a lot of small folk for your goal and now all of a sudden he's like mm, we don't kill innocents like yeah you do and you could argue that he's learned since then he's grown out of that but they didn't yeah. show that they didn't exactly. portray that so right. you can't really and I'm guessing in the books he's just going to be more gray he's always just been dark like the, like the little birds in the books are child slaves with their tongues cut out. Yeah. Right? There's no like, there's no getting around that as a horrible thing, right? Like you can't be like, oh well, he's got a good reason to cut <laughs> child's tongues out. <laughs> nah, <laughs> there's no good reason for that. <laughs> it's at least that's tough to swallow. Uh, the tongue, especially if you don't have a tongue. <laughs> from Jai Harry's Stargathister again. Bronn and Arya versus Drogon. Bronn versus Drogon. I don't think Bronn's fighting <laughs> Drogon. He's made. He's tried to. St- he's stepped back from the whole fighting thing, and I think he intends to stay that way. But um, yeah, it's possible. There's a. Well, he's not going to fight Drogon. He's going to kill Drogon. Oh yeah, Arya <laughs> shoots one eye. Bronn shoots the other. <laughs> one take on out three. both eyes at the same. On three. Yeah, one, <laughs> two, three. 
I think Arya versus Drogon. If anyone kills Drogon, I think Arya is the one. The, the bow shot to me is is more about hitting him in the eye than it is killing Daenerys. Um, that's I think that's John's conflict to deal with uh, Daenerys. It, it, for better or worse, that's how it's been set up. That doesn't mean I want it to be this way or agree with it. That's just what I feel like they're heading towards. Uh, from Blue Duck Umber, will John Ooh, get... Sorry, real quick. Yeah. Danny, Danny did agree to lock the dragons up at one point. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she would do that again. It didn't go very and well. And the Targaryens <laughs> in the past also confined the dragons to, to the, the dragon, dragon pit. It also didn't go very well. It didn't but... go very well. That's true. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's a piece of logistics they may or may not deal with, along with maybe rebuilding city and... Nymeria sent... Uh, Arya sent Nymeria away. Maybe Danny will send Drogon away, you know? Yeah, I doubt it. Me too. She needs that just power. something to think about. But yeah, this is something... It, dealing with Drogon is definitely going to be a thing. I hadn't thought about how things with Drogon will pan out very much, so... Blue Duck Umber asks, will John get a crown for a king like Viserys, as in, you know, burning him to death uh, or melting gold on his head? I don't think so, because like we said, John hasn't truly committed treason or anything like that. Now, Danny can always just yet execute, <laughs> just call for his head just because yeah. she decides to. But right now, I don't think so. Right now, oh, I'll think- say she did that. <laughs> what do you mean? Called for his head. Oh, <laughs> oh, yo! And he and he said no, babe. <laughs> it's like I do not want any of my auntie. <laughs> She's like, come on, nephew. <laughs> He's conflicted. John's torn. He does, and he doesn't. <laughs> Sylvia Sabrex asks, "What is the role of the Citadel to be, if any?" I'm guessing none. Uh, I don't think they're going to appear or be addressed at all, but I do think that they will be addressed in the book. And when if they do some sort of great council sort of situation in the books, the Citadel will absolutely be involved to bring up questions of precedent and to make, you know, into all that sort of business. The Citadel, will, if, well, caveat is if there is still a Citadel, because there's a very good chance the Citadel is just burned up or destroyed or devastated by Euron. Uh, so, in that case, the role of the Citadel will be zilch. <laughs> or perhaps a few surviving maesters will be around. There's always that. They'll, the Citadel, there'll be maesters that survive even if the Citadel's taken out because there's a maester in every castle. So, it won't be that easy to wipe out the maesters. Chris Trombley, fun thought. Should Danny live, take the throne and rule, who would you give council seats to from the remaining characters alive? Yeah, right? Like, that is tough. Uh, yeah, for me, obviously, you got to put Sam, Davos, Sansa Tyrion, but whether they would accept, I guess they feel like they have to. Yeah. But Danny wouldn't offer it. It's a moot point to me, so I didn't go f- too far enlisting people just because <laughs> there's very few named characters left, yeah. and I really don't think Danny's going to rule and have a council, and if she did, I don't think we'll see her filling out a council. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I think, I don't know if she, it's interesting. The whole Sansa question is interesting because that's one of those ones where, you know, does she want to keep Sansa close where she can keep an eye on her, where she can, or does, or is bringing her close make it more dangerous, you know, but she doesn't fully trust Sansa. They don't fully get along. So one way or another, Danny would want to deal with that. One of the most intriguing things to me about the show, one reason I would recommend someone read the book, is I like thinking about all these different characters and all these different roles. There's the council, but there's also the lords of these different lands. And there just aren't enough characters to cover them all. You can't, like, if you want someone to be in the north and someone to be the hand and someone to be the master coin and someone to be in the reach and someone to be, like, there just aren't enough characters and some of them aren't really candidates for any of this in the first place. And so that is a frustration to me. I wish we had more named characters and a couple more episodes to let all this pan out. Hmm. 
I, I, I kind of agree with Shay. I just don't think we're going to see a council get named. If we do, it'll be like one person, you know? Yeah, I kind of agree with that at the time. But if it, but she if she were to name a council, it, it would, I would definitely, if I were her, I would definitely name Davos. I would name Sam probably, although she's maybe a little distrusting of Sam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe not Sam. Sam's maybe also just better off on his own. Yeah, he, he maybe is too, too shy he, about he, giving orders yeah. and stuff like that. And maybe after a, a few decades, he continues... You know his learning and yeah, I don't know because he doesn't want to be a maester. He can't be a maester. No. He's got a wife now, so he's not so like he he's not like yeah. he'll be the grand maester. Yeah, that's unless just, they change those rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Davos is a great idea. Tyrion's a good idea. She could bring Gendry in just to keep him close, and I don't know. There's there's just not enough named characters for for these roles. That's part of the problem. Is you just have to invent. There would be invented new characters. Like yeah, this new Prince of Dorne <laughs> would would be a good candidate. He's you know. <laughs> I guess like Yara's her own kingdom, so she wouldn't be on a council as master as mistress of oh, ships. Yeah. I guess, or would she? I don't. She know. could still could be though. Like he could, uh, she yeah, could still have know. a you know someone else as, as like a, a overture peace between the two, two kingdoms. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Another option is uh, is having um, what's his name uh, uh, guy from shoot now I'm forgetting completely <laughs> lost the eye lost the thought. I'll come back to it. It's hard to imagine like. The the governor of of North Carolina also being the Secretary of State. You know, you can't. Yeah, you, you are couldn't have both those roles. I well, mean, that, that does happen. I mean, the show could do it. Even they do, no, they do that a lot in real life. You have people that have these like huge titles that also are like CEO of some giant company. And I suppose, yeah. Like that happens. Yeah. It's kind of shady, but it does happen <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times. Just because they designate someone else to do all these other jobs, like they have the the title. Yeah. In theory, but day to day, they're not actively doing it. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like Yara is that kind of character, you know? To right. No, I agree. <laughs> uh, so let's see. From LML666, praise Valor for your beards, you sexy beasts. Thank you for that. Yes, beards, yes. Mm-hmm. Beard rubs appropriate. <laughs> I could get 666 dyed in to my beard somehow. <laughs> From Lord Commander George the Golden, I think the worst writing decision wasn't any major plot point, but to force everything into only six episodes. Yeah, that that created the need to rush so much. That necessitated a lot of cutting and a lot of rushing. Um, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that so much would be rushed until that point. And to be fair, you know, season six or seven, seven is as long as, or season eight is as long as season seven in terms of minutes. Just fewer episodes but season, season seven was short too but season yeah. seven was shorter than a normal season so yes that is like it's at least two hours shorter and that's a lot uh, they didn't just now start rushing things <laughs> no you're right they didn't just now start rushing things they started rushing things a while ago um but the pace of rushing seems to have picked up the most here at the end in my in my opinion it may be yeah. uh, re-watching it i would feel differently um from thomas pappas here we go there's the food question come back Looks like Ashea has typed her answer out. She's ready. Yeah. I am so ready. So last meal before execution. I would go with some sort of Mexican food with some sort of grilled pineapple. Grilled pineapple and I would have to go with a dessert because I love dessert. And right now I'm going to go with this tasty fried cheesecake dessert I get at this place called Raging Burrito here in Atlanta. And it is just cheesecake fried with like this crusty 
exterior. Is it like deep fried? Not like deep fried, like lightly fried. And then it has like this chocolate drizzle. It's the most delicious dessert you'll ever have. Well, so. I want it deep fried. I have a new dream. <laughs> My God, I never thought about fried cheesecake. Ugh. Y'all, so a reminder to y'all listeners out there that we're in the South. So that's why, <laughs> partly why my y'all is, is drawn out here, but that is why we do deep fry everything. <laughs> and uh, often it's the correct decision. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. <laughs> but it's always worth a try. Because <laughs> if it's good after deep frying, well, then you can just keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find out. You got to know if it's worth deep frying. All right. So, Sean, what do, what do you think? I like variety. That's the thing. My last meal would be like eight different things. Mixed into a bucket. Sushi and french fries and pizza and eggs with avocados and and also fried cheesecake. Deep fried cheesecake. That's my, my addition now. <laughs> yeah. Definitely all mixed together in a bucket. Or a sack. Just reach in and just <laughs> grab handfuls of that food. For me, um, let's see. I would have... I would want, uh, yeah, I would want some uh, Italian food, and I would want some a fish taco, and I would want uh, a bowl of Rice Krispies, and um, some brownies, and some mint chocolate chip ice cream, and a giant mug of coffee. And should we uh, should we be thinking about our last meal or our favorite foods? Is there well, a difference? Is, there's, or, there may know, not be a difference. Yeah. For some people, <laughs> you just want your favorite foods. Some people, think, it, some people wa- for example, in our chat were like something really spicy. Because fuck whoever was you know yeah, why, yeah. why, why yeah. stink up the executioner's room. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like so that's like maybe not their favorite food, but that's Ooh, what I know. last meal will be. My last meal would be an immortality potion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone did. Someone did say something like that. They said a time travel pill. <laughs> I was going to say the reason I would I would want a lot of alcohol would be so I could I'm still imagining that this would be death by burning because this is that was sort of the context here so drink a lot of alcohol so that I would explode so the alcohol <laughs> would ignite you know I would really go out in a blaze of glory <laughs> um but I don't think I'm enough of a drinker to get enough alcohol in me before I would just pass out but it would be worth a try What are you worried about drinking yourself to death <laughs> <laughs> Good point uh, star guess Star. Okay, so Jaharis Star has said has sent a super chat with the correct pronunciation of his name. Thanks. Ashe is the best. It's pronounced Stargathister. Stargathister. That's cool. Stargathister. Stargathister. <laughs> Stargathister. Where's the emphasis? <laughs> Stargathister. That's pretty cool. It's on uh, the wrong syllable. Yeah, it is on the wrong <laughs> syllable. Hey, and here's another happy Saturday from Tallahassee chat. Thank you very much. To, Tal- fr- from Paul Atreides. From Paul Atreides. Cool. Well, if y'all missed it last time, I am. I lived in Tallahassee for nine years. I went to college and high school there. My mother and granddad lived there, so it is basically my uh, my family's home. So I definitely love shout-outs from Tallahassee. There's another last question here. It's from Philip Wolf. It says, what has been your all-time favorite moment from the series so far, and what would you like to see most before it all ends? Thanks for the stream. Uh, hmm. For me, I honestly think it is from this season. I really think Jenny's song paired with everyone the night before the battle is really high up there for me. It's a big culminating moment. It... <sighs> I have to look at it with a few more years, uh, recency bias and all that. But I was so taken out of left field there as well. Like, I did not expect to get Jenny's song, period, let alone there. And I was just sobbing. It was just a really emotional moment for me in realizing I was, like, coming to terms with the fact that the series was ending. It was, it might be that. It might be that. Um, As for what I most want to see, 
I would lo- most want another flashback. I don't mm. really think we're going to get another flashback, but I would most want that. My second choice would just be, you know, some sort of montage that checks in on the characters, but specifically Sam and Gilly. I just want to see them happy and whole. Right on. Good answer. What do you think, Sean? It's really hard to pick a, a favorite moment. I, uh, I, for th- for the moment, I'll I'll try to th- throw two out. Uh, one is Tywin lording over Joffrey, and that when he like walks <laughs> oh, up, when Joffrey's great. like, "How come I'm not in the council meetings?" and Tywin walking up the steps and looking down at him, <laughs> he's just like, "We shrinking. could have you carried." <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like the king is tired. <laughs> um, but. Uh, <laughs> And also the way that was paired, that, that the idea of like Tywin just walking into court, walking right up, uh, was paired with that scene of Danny, of that Lord from Yonkai come, coming to meet with Danny. Yeah. And he had to walk through just all those guards along. He, like he was like kind of threatened the whole way, walking into the lion's den when Tywin just confidently walks right up to Joffrey and looks down on him. It's such a disparity on the nature of where power lied, you know. That's good. Um, uh, and my other one would be when Ned got his head chopped off. That was like, that was when I realized this show is not like other shows. You know, I, it made me reevaluate everything I'd seen so far. Made me realize how much depth there was, the potential that was coming. It was, I don't know. I feel like I was already sold on a show at that moment, but I was really sold on a show at that moment. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. What about something that you would like to see most in, this, in the last episode? I kind of agree with Shay. I want to see some sort of scroll of where everyone's at now. Some mm-hmm. sort of like just an image of of and and what I kind of want it to be is is a very a lot of parallel scenes, very similar imagery of Gendry on some throne, just depressed that Arya's not there. Danny on the throne, just like staring cold, thousand yard stare. Uh, Sansa in the north, like everyone's in their seats of power. Completely dissatisfied with it. Hmm. Okay. Well, for my and answer, in oh. Sam and Gilly happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tormund and Ghost just looking yeah. epic yeah, in, the, in the snow. <laughs> R- wrestling rugged and playing fetch with a little little skull, <laughs> little child of the forest skull. <laughs> so for myself, uh, favorite moment. Uh, you you name some good ones. I um. It's hard to not name Danny's song as well as for this season. Yeah, it was really huge to, to add on to what Ashea said. Just the fact that it was a surprise and it was a, 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 a nugget from the history of, of A Song of Ice and Fire, which is that's part of why it made it so unexpected. And the way it fit into the scenes, it was telling a story that was relevant to all these characters who were getting a montage. And then it ended with John and Danny, where Jenny's song, the, the lyrics, you know, talk about a, a, a king giving up his throne for the person he loves and it's like you could see how that would tie in so yeah i just thought that was really well done it is a she has also i also agree with her that's a bit of recency bias but as far as recently that was really good and as far as a, a different past moment i really really liked um back in uh the bathtub scene jamie and brian it was one of the scenes that they just did really really well it was a scene that uh made jamie's character different for so many people it was the turning point uh for jamie's character who's such an important character because he lasts so long and he's a, a favorite of so many and that was the moment that really sold him for a lot of people as a as a really compelling character and uh also as as fans of the books it was a scene that got 
11 out of 10 type praise for how well they handled it because of the acting and just they kept the dialogue pretty similar to the way it was written in the books, which was didn't need to be improved on, you know. Uh, so that one really comes to mind. And um, but also uh, maybe one other if I could throw out, I'd like to say if you get one more, I get one more. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. We haven't gone two hours yet. We got a little time. <laughs> Um, well, you go ahead if you have one ready. Well, I, I, what, I have 14 ready. I, I was going to say, actually, uh, when we've even addressed this question a little bit before, how many people are like, what are you going to do when the show ends? Is you guys, there's so much we can do. Like, we generally have been, for this anyway, for me anyway, it's been like each episode. Yeah. Uh, each episode, we do three episodes, you know. Mm-hmm. But it would be so easy to do, and we even did. We did an episode on Jamie. We could do an episode on John. We could do an episode on Winterfell. Yeah. We could do an episode on the Starks. We could do an episode on Dragons. There's so many things. So we could many. do an episode on our favorite moments. We could easily sit here for two <laughs> hours and talk hey. about our favorite moments. So. We can also get back to the lovely book material. <laughs> yeah. All of the above. Um, yeah, so... I really, I you know what? Actually, one really favorite moment that I thought was it was because it was kind of really unexpected, and it was it's not something we'll get in the books. I like well done scenes on the show that we can't get in the books because of whose point of view they're from. Like I really liked the scene of the White Walker taking Crosser's baby north. That was creepy, and uh, it was the baby crying was um, that touches your subconscious hearing a baby in distress like that our cats were circling the TV like wondering what the heck was going on because the cats were responding to the baby crying and it was chilling and it was neat it was like a piece of lore that we don't get directly from the book so I thought that was really cool um, but yeah we're just gonna sit here naming favorite scenes mm-hmm. if we don't uh, if we don't quit this but I didn't answer the what would I like to see before it ends so I'll throw that out there I definitely agree with you all about seeing some sort of montage wrapping people up, uh, but I most want to see an ending that l- leaves people that leaves a, the most number of people at least feeling somewhat satisfied. You know, I don't want to, a lot of the negative feelings that came up after episode three and after episode five. I want at least some of that to put to rest. You know, I care about how like seeing everybody argue a lot. That hurts my soul. I like harmony in the community and I would like for people to debating is good. Arguing is not kind of my general attitude obviously sometimes just has to go that way but that's where the line is i think debating is healthy arguing is not and i'm just as guilty as anyone get falling into arguing when i should be debating but that's what i want i want it to end in a way that people feel at least like it wasn't ruined for them the ending didn't ruin the all the greatness of the prior seven seasons the acting the cinematography the you know the all the other stuff that makes it really good the music like i really hope they get robin jawadi to do the prequel show you know like please number one you know like stuff like that um so i hope that people leave with a good feeling um whatever that means has to happen for that to happen let's hope john's reunited with ghost (laughs) (laughs) looks like uh, another couple of questions snuck in here one or two um, from Kurt Dana, if George R. R. Martin writes an epilogue, time jump, Arya returning home to see what's different, maybe we can get a miniseries post-book release with the returning cast. Well, that's interesting. I, I'm i guessing that it's not super feasible because so many of these actors are, are just about to jump into the next phase of their reaping the rewards of being a famous actor on Game of Thrones. Some of them have already started that. And they're all going to be just, well, not all, but a lot of them are going to be really high paid actors and actresses and it's going to be might be hard to bring them all back then again if they did some sort of uh you know game of thrones epilogue show they would be able to generate a lot of money for that and larry david larry david got the seinfeld cast together that is true mm-hmm. it's a smaller cast but he did do it <laughs> uh yeah you know 
It's always possible. I, I, I'm optimistic. I wouldn't be too optimistic, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think there's more more optimism about the, what's going to happen with these prequel shows, though. Um, a show is plural because it's entirely possible more than one gets made. And uh, we yeah, we'll, we pass on what we can when we uh, start to learn more about the show. It hasn't started filming yet, but it start, it's supposed to start filming, I believe, in September. And so if the pilot's picked up, then we'll know pretty soon after. So best of luck <laughs> to them, mm-hmm. and because that's uh, that would be good luck for all of us. If it's a good show and gets made, well, then we all win. <laughs> all right. Um, any final thoughts, final predictions before we wrap it up today? And then You're we'll come back nice on Monday. Fifteen minutes under two hours. Right on. Well, Hopefully they showed us so little under. about mm-hmm. the. You know, they gave away so well, little. That's what we want. We want us under two hours. Yeah, it's a little better to be under two hours. It's, it's when we go. Beyond two hours, there's nothing wrong with that. That's because we have a lot to talk about. But hey, when we uh, when they hi- when they hide the details from us, that shortens the episode. Nothing wrong with that. I, I think I could go on for sixty more minutes if you need. If that's <laughs> what we're called for here. Okay, so thank you very much, everybody, for coming. Appreciate the glorious amount of feedback. Y'all had a lot of thoughts on what's coming and a lot of expectations, a lot of predictions. Whether you came live and watched. And participated in the live stream, whether you jumped in on Flick, whether you jumped in on the Facebook group, whether you sent us messages on Twitter or via Patreon or some combination or all of the above, we appreciate the participation. It's what makes these live streams extra good is getting y'all's feedback and ideas because we definitely don't catch everything. And we look forward to experiencing this final episode with y'all and then whatever comes after that. So, until next time, Valar rewatches, Valar rereadus. Valar, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>